Today's episode of Locked On MLB is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Let's get on with Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please, I'm imploring you, call me Sully. Hey, it's the big World Series preview, but this is too big for one Locked On host to preview, Then that's why we're bringing on Ulysses Sombrano of Locked On Rays and our dear friend from even last season, from Locked on Dodgers, it's Jeff Snyder. This show is available on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. We're also available wherever you get your podcasts. When you're staying at home during these trying and here in California, sometimes smoky days, be sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on MLB or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked on Podcast Network, including Locked on Fantasy Baseball with Scott Cullen. And hey, what the hell? Why not Locked on Rays with Ulysses Sombrano? Ulysses Sombrano, not Ulysses Sombrano, that guy stinks. And <laughs> Locked On Dodgers with Jeff Snyder. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On MLB Pod. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Do we get all that, then? Do we get that all in? All right. We have ourselves a World Series. Now, I've made it very clear. I have no issues with either of these teams. I have no problems with either of these teams. I actually think both of these teams are compelling. I think both of these teams are fun and entertaining. And quite frankly, I just want to see a good series. But I know two people who have very strong opinions and want to see their team sweep. And that would be the aforementioned Ulysses Sombrano of Locked On Rays. How you doing, Louis Ulysses? Well, thanks for having me, Sully. It's uh, been a good three weeks that I haven't spoken to you, but good things have happened. Uh, well, since hey, the last hey, time. hey, hey, we can't get too in-depth because we still got introduced. Mr. <laughs> Bobblehead himself, it's Jeff Snyder of Locked On Dodgers. How you doing, Jeff? My head has been known to bobble. I'm doing well, Sully. Thanks for having me. By the way, I call him Mr. Bobblehead because you can't see this, but in our uh, squad cast session that we're doing right now, Jeff's wall, it looks like it's like the, the album – of Sergeant Pepper with all the faces <laughs> of these bobbleheads. Actually, do it looks like looks like a game at Petco Park with all the faces and everything there. All you have a, a wall full of bobbleheads behind you, which was a a Spin Doctor song, I think. Wall, wall full of bobbleheads. But this is uh, great to have you both on the show. And hey, uh, you guys are having a good a good couple of weeks. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh it's been fun. You you said we want a good series. I we I had a good series last time. I'm just ready for something more relaxing. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I I remember, and I'm sorry, I, I'm a native New Englander, so everything has to go back to 04. But I remember when the Red Sox finally won that series against the Yankees in 04. And I actually had a couple of Red Sox fans say things like, you know, I really hope they do win it at Fenway. I mean, I, I mean, I'm not that I want them to lose, but I mean, I hope they win at Fenway. And I grabbed them and said, we just had a series. We were down 3-0 with Rivera on the mound. I want this to be a sweep and I want it to be painless. And thankfully, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Ulysses, you had a series which 
your team almost joined the 2004 Yankees in ignominy. How, uh, how was that like sitting on the other end of that? Uh, I sweat it for a lot. I, I, in, in fact, game seven, I, I didn't even touch the couch. I was pacing the whole nine innings. I, I could not put my butt down. I was pacing up and down the living room. I was doing with the stretch band, doing exercises for my therapy, for my shoulder. I was just like, I was into it. I could not sit down for a moment. It was very exciting, but I definitely uh, got my baseball worth in a, in a shortened season, five games in the ALDS, seven games in the LCS. I kind of, I'm with Jeff. I, I would like a relaxing series from now on, but it Probably won't be. So we agree. We both want four straight 92 Dodgers wins. Ooh, almost. Ooh. We were almost there. Almost so there. <laughs> the, just one word. That one yeah. word before wins, that's yeah. the only difference. Uh, you know, gosh, yeah, that was uh, uh, that was such a – this is like – this baseball year has been like baseball concentrate. You know, it's like it's like the lemonade that you get before you pour the water in. It's just it's just so impact. Right. Uh, now the the series. Let's just talk about the ALCS for a second. We'll get to the NLCS for when it comes back. Um, the Rays take that first game when Valdez actually pitched quite well. Thank you very much. And then Morton did a brilliant job in game two. And by the time you had the that game three where Castillo got the save at the end and they were up 3-0, it just kind of looked like, okay, the Astros had a losing record and they finally are showing who they were. And then you had the two one-run games, yeah. which one of them were those – who who hit – I forgot. Forgive, some of these games are blending in my head, but was it uh, Adamas who hit the ball off the wall – Yes. With two outs in the ninth, that would was almost a game tying home run in the ninth inning, and it only brought in that that runner to score and kind of shortened that lead for, for for Houston. But yeah, he was about eight inches from from a home run, and then Yoshi Sutsugo for the last out, maybe ten feet away from yeah. a, from a, from a home run and and get the lead. But yeah, it was it was frustrating, obviously losing those two in a row with a, a one run lead, but. Honestly, Game Six was the one that that got you in 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 your heart because the team just looked flat. So then, yeah. as a fan, you're saying, "Okay, what's going on? They're, they're not playing like themselves. They're not playing loose." And you start getting second thoughts. But Game Seven, it was just uh, they played like exactly loose and how they were in the first three games. And that's the race baseball that we've seen uh, of this team. That four or five. Six, that was kind of odd how how they looked. And you could think about it psychologically. I mean, was it too much in their head? Like, oh, my gosh, we're going to sweep these guys. We're, we're right there for the World Series. And it maybe got it a little bit into their head too much, which I guess won't be a problem for the Dodgers being, you know, two out of, what is it, three out of the last four years in, in, the, in the World Series, something like that. So uh, I think it got into their heads. And finally, game seven, they, they turned it around. And, and it was fantastic to see. I thought just from an outside point of view, when in it was tied in the uh, ninth inning of game five, and I think it was one. Yeah, Zanino got on, and he got to second on a wild pitch, and then a Rosarena and Austin Meadows both hit fly balls, and then like oh they had a chance to go ahead there, and then right. Correa hits the walk off homer, 
that I, that was the moment I thought because when they lost Game Four, I thought like, all right, fine, so it wasn't a sweep. Right. But the when they lost that walk off game, which they should have won, they, and then they looked so flat in Game Six. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times that even a team that's ahead in the game in this series can look dead from the neck up, and they just it really. I was I frankly was really surprised that the Rays. Uh, it came out so strong in game uh, seven. Right. And uh, and I also, uh, I think one of the things that killed the Rays in those couple of games they lost is they hit a ton of homers, but they were all solo shots. Right. Nobody's getting on base. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with the offense right now is, you know, you've got to produce a little bit more. This is a team that although has benefited immensely from the home run production during the postseason, that's not their M.O. I mean, they were middle of uh, of the pack in all of MLB with home runs. It's not like they were the worst home run hitting team in the league, but they were just, you know, and I think 14th during the regular season. So it's it's kind of odd seeing them just go for the long ball, which, hey, awesome but don't forget how to manufacture runs either because you, you can't you know live and, and die by the by the long ball but that's the thing you need more traffic on the bases you need a little bit more that on base percentage guys like yandy diaz has to step up austin meadows brandon Lau, yep. those guys that you haven't really seen take off they awful. need to take off yeah wow has been awful meadows has been awful yeah and I will never in seven quadrillion years understand why they kept pitching to a Rosarena because he was the only guy hitting. He had he had Lau on one side of him, Austin Meadows on the other side. Walk him. What do you and, and force Austin Meadows to do something? Right, right. And, and, and I, I I'm so happy that you and other MLB fans around the world got to see the Randy a Rosarena show that we've been watching. Race fans uh, since he got called up because. I told you, I, I think two weeks ago, he was yep. a player to watch. And boy, has, I you said I, it on this podcast. You came on this podcast. Yeah. And, and he's been just an amazing guy. I think he's he's broken so many records already. I think he's one away from tying Jeter for most hits as a rookie in the postseason. And he still has the World Series to go. So I know Jeff doesn't want to hear this, but. I really hope Randy <laughs> can shatter a, a, a few more records, uh, you know, uh, in October. When and uh, St. Louis fans must look at Randy Rosarena and think, why can't we get a player like him? <laughs> why can't we get a player? Well, one team avoided a collapse, <laughs> dodged a bullet like Keanu Reeves on that building of the Matrix with a bullet flying over him, and one team sent another to well I talked about it on Monday's podcast that the Braves are creating a wonderful tortured fan montage <laughs> starting with the home run by Jim Lairitz in 1996 and concluding last night with the Benny Hill routine on the base paths where the two runners were thrown out into the, one at home and one at third. Mookie Betts catches a ball. Ladies and gentlemen, the best team in baseball emerged from the dead. Jeff Snyder, welcome back to the World Series. What are your thoughts on the insanity that we just saw in this completely incomprehensible National League Championship Series? Yeah, I said it on Twitter. Uh, I'm not sure if baseball is my favorite thing that I hate or my least favorite thing that I love. 
Uh, but I was feeling that all week. Uh, this, the, that series, you know, the, the Dodgers' first two series, you know, they they swept the Brewers, they swept the Padres. They, there were some close-ish games, but but mostly stress-free and, and definitely nothing like the stress of being down 2-0 and then down 3-1 in a series. And and then, you know, I, I just wanted – we got one blowout game. And I thought, okay, maybe, maybe, you know, game three, Dodgers mm-hmm. like, okay, they love me after all. They, they're going to show what's going on. And then, you know, they don't love me. They want me to. They want me to have gray hair. They want me to have have high blood pressure. Uh, luckily, I was doing well on both of those without their help. But uh, you know that that play that you mentioned, the the double play on the bases, was the biggest shift in my emotional state due to a baseball game that I've ever experienced. And and that includes Jonathan Broxton giving up a home run to Matt Stairs. You know that shifted the other way. But this one because. Dodgers are down three to two. They'd already allowed a run in that inning to go down three to two. Then a wild put wild pitch puts the runners at second and third with nobody out. The eight and nine hitters coming up, which means best case scenario is Ronald Acuna comes up with two runners in scoring position and two outs. That's your best case scenario in that inning. Like I'd already chalked up. Okay. They're scoring at least one more run this inning, maybe two, just limit the damage. And then magically just that, combination of I, I don't know who told Danzy Swanson to go on contact whoever it was you know I, I assume he didn't do that on his own and so if that was a decision by Snicker around Washington or whoever that's a bad call and then and then Austin Riley just apparently has never practiced rundowns in his life you know you see him on the replay as Will Smith is running Swanson back towards third Riley stops and turns around and goes back towards second and then after the last throw and Swanson starts going back towards home, that's when Riley turns around again, starts going back to, towards third. Justin Turner makes a great diving tag on Swanson. And then awareness quickly turns around, makes a perfect throw. He said afterwards he didn't even know for sure if anybody was covering third. He just knew he needed to make that throw. And luckily, Corey Seager was there. Perfect throw, gets a tag. And somehow, magically, Ronald Acuna doesn't even get the bat that inning. And that's like... It was the biggest shift. The Dodgers should have been down five to two in that game. And instead they're down three to two, completely stole the momentum. And then two batters later, the next inning, when Mookie Betts robs the homer, it's just like, sorry, Braves. I, you had a great season, but, but this is not, this is not your season. I'm going to tell you something. I was, I was, before we started recording this, I just did a quick review of the LCS games because they turn into a gumbo in your head sometimes. Wait, what game was that? I forgot. You know, and I've never seen a series in my life where the final scores of almost all the games are misleading because the first game was five to one. Oh, well, the Braves won that kind of handily. No, it was one, one going into the ninth. It was a thriller going to the ninth. And then uh, was it Riley hit the home run in that? The second game, Atlanta wins eight to seven. Ooh, that was a nail biter. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was a blowout until the final inning. And even though the Dodgers tacked on those runs, you got the sense, okay, this is, they're not going to tie the game here. I mean, you thought maybe at the end when, but there would have been a long shot. Uh, Game three, the 15 to three game where the Dodgers exploded like Mount Vesuvius. Okay, that one was legit. But even the ten to two game, which was what that was, that was one to one going into the sixth, and that's when Kershaw fell apart. And 
you know, 7-3 Dodgers. Oh, the Dodgers won convincingly. No, they were losing until Will Smith's homer. And then um, and then the game with the, the finale, the Braves should have been up 5-0 uh, after two. The way I, I was saying that uh, May pitched, it reminded me of the, and God help anyone who's going to get this reference, I'm going to say, the pilot episode of Pitch when the girl was trying to pitch for the Padres and she couldn't get to the strike zone and it was kind of humiliating. The first eight pitches he threw were balls to Acuna and to, was it Ozuna? No, to Freeman. And then Ozuna got the RBI hit. I said, he's thrown one strike and he's already down one nothing and there's two runners on. This is And I just thought, this is a calamity. And I actually thought of Jeff Snyder at that moment. I thought like, oh man, this Dodger team. And in Gonsolin didn't pitch great either. And there was no reason why the Braves should not have been up. It felt like they were up 5 nothing, But when you looked up, it's a 2 nothing game. But you also, on the flip side, the Dodgers left like 10 runners on base in the first four innings or something. And yeah. so they were missing opportunities too. Uh, the, the, I, I think, and... I don't know. It, it's probably depends on who you're rooting for or what you're looking for, because that game, it seemed like both teams were intent on losing that game for, <laughs> for a lot of the game. Like nobody really wanted to win it. And luckily the Braves were just a little bit better at losing than the Dodgers were. Well, and I, and I'm, you know, I don't like piling on this particular player because he's, he's actually one of my favorite players in baseball, but the, the question of how do you deal with Clayton Kershaw in a big game seven like this. And Dave Roberts found a very intriguing solution, which was don't use him. And I, I happen to love what he did with uh, Julio Arias because he didn't go by the tyranny of the save. In fact, he didn't get a save. He got the win. It was reminiscent of what uh, Hinch did with Charlie Morton at the end of the world series in uh, 17 which was, I know I got other guys in the bullpen, but they can't hit this guy. So why don't I just leave him in until they get a hit off of him? And to have him throw three perfect innings uh, where when he came in, it was a tie game. And to just, you know, I don't care about the save. I don't care about giving Kershaw's woman the sun, getting Jansen's uh, confidence up. No, finish this game up. The champagne will taste just as good for Jansen and Kershaw if we don't use them. And um, and I, I felt that last last year in the game against Washington and Kershaw got the big strikeout out of the bullpen, but I got the sense that Roberts was like, I'm going to give Kershaw, I'm going to hand it to him so he gets to close the series out at that moment in the sun. And that's when he let up the back-to-back homers and it sunk the team, which I thought was going to win the World Series last year, so. Yeah, Dave Roberts gets a lot of crap from a lot of people. Every manager does. Every team, the fans of every team think their manager is the worst manager in baseball and their bullpen's the worst baseball bullpen in baseball and their team is the worst in in baseball with runners in scoring position. Those mm-hmm. are three things that every fan believes. And uh so Dave Roberts gets a lot of crap from Dodger fans and some of it is deserved and last year absolutely deserved. He blew it. He, Clayton Kershaw shouldn't have pitched in that game. Definitely shouldn't have come back out for the eighth inning. They had six outs left. They had eight rested relievers. It was silly. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think there was any chance that Clayton Kershaw was ever going to pitch in this game, game seven of the NLCS this year. Dave Roberts played it coy, said, we'll see. You know, Kershaw says he's available, blah, blah, blah. 
he was never going to pitch, and neither was Kenley Jansen. Jansen got up and was moving around and even threw a couple of pitches in the bullpen. Neither of them was ever going to pitch. Jansen had pitched in games five and six and looked great. They weren't going to press their luck there. Clayton Kershaw was never going to pitch. He was already getting ready for game one of the World Series, uh, and and it was never going to happen. And Dave Roberts managed that game perfectly. And like every game, most of the credit goes to the guys on the field who got it done. Kike Hernandez hitting the pinch hit home run was huge. Cody Bellinger hitting a home run with two strikes, which is something that he hasn't done much this year because he he the criticisms against him always used to be he doesn't change his approach with two strikes, and he does now. And, and you even saw in that at bat, he was slapping pit, foul balls to the left side. But then he was able to, when he got a pitch to hit, he was still able to put the home run swing on it. So the players deserve the credit. But Dave Roberts managed that perfectly, sending Kike Hernandez up to pinch hit for Jock Peterson after letting Peterson hit against a left-handed pitcher earlier in the game because it was too early to deploy that. You know, you don't want to pull that trigger too soon with Kike. Uh, and, and so letting Jock hit previously and then having Kike pinch it there. And obviously Kike gets the credit for coming through and getting a mistake pitch and punishing it, which is what Kike Hernandez can do. He's not a great hitter, but he's definitely a mistake punisher. And so, you know, everything had to go right for there, but that includes Dave Roberts, who deserves a ton of credit for the way he managed game seven and the vast majority of that series. Well, he drives the team. And sometimes when you're the person driving the team, you got to make the adjustments. You got to make the repairs. You got to pop the hood. And I've got to tell you something that I do when I have to pop the hood and maintain my car. I like to save money. And now, why would I choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Does that sound smart to you guys? No. Yeah. Where, where should I go? You should go to rockauto.com. Can I tell you a story, Sully? I, sure, it has I, to do with rockauto.com. It, it sure does. I took my car in for repairs. My shocks, one of the, the struts was broken. It was bent. And the dealership quoted me $2,000 after labor, $1,400 just for parts. And guess what I did? I said, give me that Give me that quote. I'm going home and I'm getting on the internet. I went to rockauto.com. I am not making this up. This is absolutely true. $1,400 quote from the dealership. I got parts for $283. $283 instead of $1,400 at rockauto.com. And guess what? I told them Locked On sent me. Well, let me ask you, what was that part you got there? It was a strut for a 2018 Chevy Suburban. Wow. And you know, they got everything there. They got struts. They've got engine control modules. You listen, do you know what an engine control module is? I have no clue. Me neither. Sounds like something from the Matrix. I know. <laughs> it's got all these things, and it's just a few easy clicks. Look at Jeff Snyder. You said, why would he go anywhere else and let me tell you something do what jeff snyder did he went to rockauto.com you should too see all the parts available for your car or truck and do also what he did which is right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you and sometimes more specifically jeff sent you so let me tell you guys you got amazing selection you got reliably low prices you got all the parts your car will ever need guys what are we talking about rockauto.com rockauto.com we're here with ulysses zambrano who has taken the odyssey all the way to the world series and we're here with jeff snyder who's screaming we're not going to take it we're not going to take a world series loss anymore that may have been his brother d snyder i'm not a hundred percent sure about that we're talking world series 
we're talking about the new great rivalry. I'm calling this the rubber match. This is the rubber match. This, the fan base that just got a Stanley Cup, the fan base that just got an NBA title, one fan base is going to get one more parade to go through during a pandemic. And who doesn't love a parade during a pandemic? <laughs> I actually got to say, this is this is really intriguing. Uh, as I'm in Los Angeles County, and I am I get to talk about baseball with the checkout counter at Trader Joe's and at the hardware store because they're wearing their Dodger masks and everything. And I like that. I like when the local team is winning, even though I'm not a Dodger fan per se. I love that. I get to talk baseball. What do you think about that game? Oh, man, great home run by Kiki Hernandez. So I'm thrilled that they're back in the World Series. Uh, I have to say, I don't really have a dog in this fight because I think both of these teams are really good teams. They've earned it. They're the two best teams. The Rays had the best record in the American League. Los Angeles had the best record in the National League. They both had to face a gauntlet. They were both challenged in the playoffs where they had to show their guts. And I think that if you asked people what are two teams that are going to win the pennant if this were a 162-game season, I think the Dodgers probably would have been the consensus pick. They were who I was picking. And I bet a lot of people would have picked the Rays. So even though you didn't, this season was, what, 102 games short, you still have two good teams that were going to be legit pennant contenders anyway. I think this is a great World Series matchup. For sure. And I think it kind of, if there's any question about uh, the legitimacy of the 2020 season, which I think you will always hear that forever and ever from, from some baseball fans, I think it's the minority. But I think some baseball fans will always question 2020, which I think is ridiculous um, because of all the the things that they have had to go through. I think the fact that the number one and number one seed on each side are meeting, I think that just reinforces the fact that these are the best two teams and they are finally meeting in the World Series. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I said it before the season started with especially with the expanded playoffs, you've got uh as long as which whatever teams made it to the World Series were considered legitimate contenders in a regular season, then this is at least as legitimate as any other season because you actually have to go through one more series to get to this point. Right. And so, yeah, if it was the Brewers facing the the you know the Blue Jays, the Blue Jays right now in the World Series, yeah, you'd be like, oh, sixty game season did some weird crap. But <laughs> it is two teams that were absolutely going to make the postseason in a 162-game season or a 60-game season or a 10-game season or a 900-game season. And so the fact that they're both playing in the World Series and went through everything they went to to get here, this is at least as legitimate as ever. This may be the most legitimate World Series title in our lifetimes. Well, I got to tell you that I think it also means a lot to both teams, even though, yes, this is a strange year. Uh, I, I mentioned this on the podcast the other day. I've not been watching the games. I've been listening to them because I I don't like the reminders of what's happening in the world, the empty seats or the cardboard cutouts. But when I listen on the, on the radio or I listen on my app, I listen to all nine innings. I mean, like I sit there. It's like it's 1942 with me. You know, <laughs> but, you know, in my mind, I like when the Kiki Hernandez home run and the Peterson home run or the all the Rosarena home runs, like the Rosarena home run in my mind was in the trap. The cool. the Jock Peterson home run, not the Jock Peterson, uh, uh, the Bellinger home run. Sorry, um, was what landed where 
Kirk Gibson's home run landed in my mind. In fact, it was almost disappointing to watch the highlights because <laughs> I was picturing this this the bleachers of Dodger Stadium going up and down. And and I like doing that because it's 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 what it is. It's escape. I think for the from just from my point of view, and tell me, Jeff, if you think this is wrong. Uh, I think a preview of what this could mean to the Dodger franchise we saw last year, that when the Nationals finally won, and they won, and they they won in a convincing way and a challenging defeat of the of Houston, which we later found out was probably more challenging than we even knew, that. Every, all the failures before that, the loss to the Cardinals, the loss to the Dodgers, to the Cubs, all those series that they lost to the Giants, those were all washed away. It was all prologue, and it made the euphoria. If they had won the World Series in 2012 and then lost a bunch of them, it would have been like what happened with the Angels, that they won their first time out and then lost a bunch of playoffs. Because there was, that was the finale, you got the sense of, I don't know how much longer this group is going to be together. I have a feeling that if Los Angeles wins this series, it will be even greater feeling for everybody because of the close calls and because of the Astros cheating and because of the Kershaw failures in the past, kind of like when John Elway finally won his Super Bowl with with Denver all those years ago. Yeah, you know, I think you're absolutely right. Losing two World Series will make it sweeter if they win it this time. It will make it a lot harder if they lose again um, because, you know, Dodger fans, I mean, their slogan used to be wait till next year. So, you know, I mean, that that's, uh, it's something the Brooklyn Dodger fans went through for a long time and then they finally broke through and won it in 1955. And, and then, then they lost the team. Then they lost their team. So ho- hopefully history won't repeat itself too much. But, but yeah, you know, you, if you, the, the Dodgers have had a lot of success and Dodger fans have been, very spoiled in a lot of ways the last several years because we have a competitive, really good team on the field every single year. Our regular seasons are a lot of fun. We can count on them most of the time to go deep into the postseason, but there's been that heartbreak every year. And, you know, my wife, October is her favorite month. And she tells me, how can October not be your favorite month? It's postseason baseball. I said, look what's happened to me in October, just in the 17 years we've been married. How many times have I cried in October? You know, and, and, and so when they do win it, which will be this year, sorry, Ulysses, you know, <laughs> congratulations, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, yeah, you know, sure, when sure. they do, it's going to be wonderful and it will, it won't take away the pain. It won't suddenly make Dodger fans say, okay, Astros, you're forgiven for being cheating cheaters, but, but it will be even more sweet than it would have been if we had won in 2017. And think about, uh, I will say as someone who experienced his team winning after a long drought, it does instantly wipe away the pain. As a native New Englander, I can watch the 86 World Series now and not cringe. I can watch the Aaron Boone home run and not cringe. And I was thinking about all the things that have happened in Dodgerland since their last title with the Piazza trade, you know, whiffing on the trades of Mike Piazza and Pedro Martinez and you know, having the Manny, the Manny Wood years, the Joe Torre years, the Matt Kemp years, the McCourt years, the Fox years—all these times where Dodgers had stars and a couple of times Hall of Famers and got punched in the gut, and you know, losing uh, the series to Philadelphia back to back, and you know, all these different games that 
you know, those start, those start to compile after a while. The game five against the Mets and the the Adams home run off of uh, Kershaw, all these different things. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be punching you in the face. Over I don't over. remember any of that. Okay, you, you men in black those out of your – you just kept flashing that in your face. But those become prologue I, that you will see if they win. And I think that, you know, and, and I, I've been saying this, I think the baseball gods owe the Dodgers one. Because we all know what was going on in 17. That was the year Kershaw was going to have his Elway moment. He dominated. He's finally in the World Series. He dominated game one. He came out of the bullpen, was amazing in game seven. He wet the bed in the one game where there was a trash can being banged. And if they had won that series, uh, there would be there, the discussion of Kershaw would be, is he the greatest Dodger of all time? That would be the debate, not, oh, why can't he win in October? So I do think the baseball gods owe the Dodgers something. Sorry, Ulysses. You well, it. good thing the baseball gods are not on the field because – oh, oh, we're going to Tampa Bay now because there's something else that's uh, – we're going to go for another – going to bring back another uh, franchise to talk about. Uh, I brought up the 94 Expos that – the strike happened when the greatest Expos team of all time was playing. And I absolutely believe that that Expos team would have gone to the World Series. And had they won the World Series that year, the Expos might still exist. They, that might have been the thing to save the franchise, to get so much interest in the team. Because Rare was coming off of two Toronto World Series that it may have been real Canadian cr- frenzy. You would have had Labatt Stadium. The Expos would have survived and everything like that. Uh, I think this is the series that if Tampa Bay wins, could save the franchise. Could there, so. there, It could be the thing that finally gets a new stadium built and, you know, all the things that have gone against Tampa Bay. I think this there's something spiritual that could be won here with Tampa Bay. Uh, for sure. And I, I think the – you can do the math, and since 2010, only the Dodgers, the Yankees, and maybe another team uh, have won as many games or have no have had 90 plus winning seasons. Uh, the Rays are in that list. So I, I mean, this is the results have been on the field, but a World Series is a, is <laughs> another another stage, another level, another platform. And I think if if they do win it. Um, this would definitely get much more, uh, uh, you know, the ball rolling between Pinellas County and Hillsborough County to kind of, you know, play friendly to each other and say, hey, we both can make something work out of this if we just stop being little brats to each other and, and get the race interested in getting a new stadium because we love that warehouse, but it would be nice if that warehouse would be where people are <laughs> – next to it and live next to it and, and are able to get to it w- without an hour and a half commute. So yeah, I think world series would, would be fantastic for the region. And like you said earlier, you know, you're going to Trader Joe's and you're seeing Dodger masks. You're seeing that around Tampa as well. And it's crazy because where I live in Hillsborough County, where most of race fans live and not in Pinellas County, you do see that. So there are race fans everywhere that with with this postseason buzz and it's great to see and, and uh, i know we don't get the 
the great recognition of, of our fandom, unfortunately, around mainstream because everybody sees the empty uh, blue seats. But there are plenty of, of, of fans out here. And if not, just look at what happens with Emily Arena. I mean, mm-hmm. hockey is sold out every night in right. Florida. There are sports fans. And, of oh, course, baseball I, sports fans are here. I know a ton of people live in Central Florida, and they are bolts crazy. Yeah. They love the bolts. That is no joke, folks. It's not every hockey fan is uh, skating on a pond in Moose Jaw. There's a whole bunch of them in Central Florida who love the bolts. And I think the excitement of the Stanley Cup final mm-hmm. mixed in with the World Series final championship, even even getting as far as they do. But, I mean, I, with the title, having the two titles there, yeah, I think we'll bring it in. And I've made the analogy that I went to many, many, many games at Candlestick Park during my high school years when we moved to Northern California. And Candlestick Park, even though they were great then, Will Clark, Kevin Mitchell, Chili Davis, all them, uh, there, there were, you, it was not hard to get tickets there. The stadium stunk. They put it in the wrong place. It was cold. It was ugly. It was inconvenient to get to. And they were constantly trying to move. Yeah. And if not to San Jose, then to Tampa. Or at one point, they're going to move to Toronto. Yeah. And they found the right place to put the stadium on China Basin. And now they get great crowds even when they stink. And if it, you were told. Yeah, it's a beautiful stadium, on, too. Oh, it's the best. I think it's the best stadium in baseball. But if you told people in 91 or 92 that the Giants would have a fan base where people showed up, even if they were bad, they would have thought you were out of your mind. Yeah. So, yeah, it's possible for Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, that line in Raiders of the Lost Ark when they said they're digging in the wrong place. <laughs> well, that's what I think of whenever I see the tribes that they put the stadium in the wrong place. Right. They put the stadium where the stadium should be in, what was it, 88, when they, were trying to, when they were trying to lure the White Sox <laughs> back in 88 pre-Camden Yards, now we know the downtown park is where you're supposed to put it. Yeah. And so it was, I mean, I, you know, I, I have reasons to want both teams to win. And I think that it should, I, I think it should be entertaining. I do have a, uh, and, I, and I want you to take this to the right way, Ulysses. I am leaning towards the Dodgers. You're seeing uh, too of, many Dodger masks, man. Stop going to Trader Joe's. Get your groceries delivered. You got Postmates. Right. Yeah, you got Postmates. And do you want if you right now? Oh wait, but that's not our uh, ad for this <laughs> that's week. tomorrow's ad. Oh, it's tomorrow's. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> sorry. Get your blue chew. And um, but uh, you know, I think that you started to see the Andersons and the Castillos starting to get vulnerable in their in their bullpen. And they were not quite the invincible pitchers they were leading up to it. And I think that – I think the Dodgers pitching staff is in a little better shape than the Rays. And I think the Dodgers lineup is in a lot better shape than the Rays. The Rays Rays have a bunch of guys slumping. And even though Mookie Betts didn't put up like a great OPS or whatever, he – he stole so many runs that anything he contributes offensively, he hasn't broken out yet, and he's already made his mark. So if I were to make a pick right now, right now I'm leaning towards Dodgers in five, but we all know that this could go either way, and it, it, I'm hoping for I'm hoping for more games than five. 
Well, I know you're not. I know, I know you're not, Ulysses. You wanted to be raised in four, but I, <laughs> my pick right now is Dodgers in five. But I'm I'm willing to be proven wrong. Hey, that's okay. You know, as Tampa Bay Rays fans, we hear this all, all the time. You know, people, you know, said I heard people on mainstream say the Jays could do some damage against the Rays, and we we're like, what are you talking about? Then the Yankees, all oh, the Yankees, the big bad evil empire is gonna get them. They go through them. Oh, the Houston Astros are going to get them. They're going to come back. And then the Rays. So we're, we're used to this. And so it's fine. It's a tank. Look, the Dodgers are a tank. Mm-hmm. They've got a great offense. They've got great pitching. But the Rays are not here by, by pure luck. They're a really good team. And the best thing about them is, yes, the offense is not you know built around Bellingers and, and, uh, and Turners that, and Corey Seegers. But – Although it's right now the Rosarena show, but it's one guy each day. It can just be a Renfro pinch hit double that gets or, it done. Or, or the G-Man. Or they can be a G-Man Choi. It can be a Yandy Diaz. I mean, it's just different. It's a it's a different type of, of ball game. Some people are writing that it's not fun to watch the race, which is hilarious no, to me. That's insane. They're incredibly um, fun to watch. Yeah, Especially but- since they're not playing at the Trop. <laughs> no no trops lander on here i love that warehouse this is the best warehouse uh, but i think it's i don't know if you guys can see this but it's it's the stable the stable if, if i saw this graphic today if you guys get a, a uh, get a chance to uh look at it it's the different looks about that stable it just goes like the hands of a clock i mean from thompson who is a righty completely sidearm to loop a lefty sidearm so and they have every availability which is going to be very difficult for a dodgers hitter who has never faced these kind of guys with the high velocity high spin rate to be able to see a different guy each at bat that's going to be difficult for for anybody all right you convinced me raise in four <laughs> okay uh, good <laughs> all right jeff uh what do you think about your dodgers heading into the series you know uh the best team doesn't always win but if the best team wins, the Dodgers will be the World Series champions. And so far, their first three series, that has worked out. You know, that uh, Ulysses is absolutely right. The Rays are a very good team, and they are in the World Series because they deserve to be. I think the Dodgers are slightly better, and hopefully that plays out in each game. And Dodgers have four. You know, if there's one thing, Ulysses, I can both agree on, it's that you're an idiot for wanting a long series. Uh, <laughs> And, you, know but, what, you don't want to chew your knuckles already? I, I've, oh I've cho- I, I don't have any anymore. Yeah, but I do have one final thought. Um, you know, Sully, you were talking earlier about the Rays and how likable they are and how, you know, they have so many guys who you want to root for and stuff. And if you look back in time, before we knew what we know now about the cheating cheaters, the same exact things are people were saying about the Astros in 2017. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And so my question is, Ulysses, what are the Rays hiding? <laughs> hey, <laughs> you can ask your pal Andrew Friedman because uh, apparently this should be just the race against the race with money because that's what we're, we're There's all There's no way Yandy Diaz's arms are natural. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's a pretty good sight to see the, those things muscle If up. I looked it's like him, cool. I wouldn't even own any shirts. Well, yes, me either. I, w- I would just go shirtless everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank God we have shirts here today. Well, hey, Ulysses Sambrano is the host of Locked on Rays. Jeff Snyder is the host of Locked on Dodgers. Obviously, you want to check out their shows this week because there's going to be a lot to talk about. And the World Series is starting tonight. 
when we're dropping this on the 20th of October. We went a little long on this episode, but you know what? There's a lot to talk about. It's a World Series between two deserving teams, two fun teams. And even though I picked the Dodgers in five, that's just that's just my you know cold-hearted pick. Uh, there is a real chance that this could be a long and entertaining series, and and we've already had a lot of fun this postseason. I just I realized as you were talking, the Rays have played one game below the maximum. Correct. Yeah, they two they swept. Uh, was it Toronto? Yeah. It took five games to beat New York. Took seven games to beat the Yankees. Yeah. So you know, th- th- thank goodness they had a couple of days off. Yeah, they, they really needed it. <laughs> Well, anyway, hey, check out your shows on on Locked On Rays and Locked On Dodgers and follow us on the free and easy-to-use Himalaya podcasting app. This has been Locked On MLB for the 20th day of October 2020. Play ball, y'all! You can call me Sully.